Yeah. From Bedford, Davis, son, the liveest one representing BK to the fullest. Bastard ducking. One, two, one, two, one, two. Uh, fuck it. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? This is the Thelonious Drunk Podcast. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs with my homie, Infidel Castro X. What up, everybody? Nigger, it's a month and change. You've been Yo, doing this shit. Yo. Five weeks, Get man. Get the fuck out of here. Five fucking weeks. You know what it is? It's like, it's like I feel like anytime like when I was younger, right? It's kind of a trust tree. It's like, I don't give a fuck. You know, when you're 19 and you're fucking like, you know, for the first time, not first time, but you're real new to it, uh-huh. you're always surprised that there's titties in your face. You know what I'm saying? When you're young? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're always like, oh, my God. Word? Like this? You it's know, the first time all over again. Yeah. The thing is, you can't let the, the woman know that you're so surprised because she's thinking you're dope. You know what right. I'm saying? So you got to kind of play it off like you're supposed to be there. Right. So I think, like, by the time we get to the 10th episode, if we're going to be so fucking surprised that we're that consistent, the listeners, or both of them, are going to be like, you know, maybe we shouldn't have faith in these niggas. These niggas, is, <laughs> every week, they talk about how they're surprised that they did this. Like, we're expecting to die next week. Like, we're in hospice care. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I mean, but, you know, we, we got we to gotta actually celebrate that shit uh, and give, give just that little bit of backstory on it where... We've been doing this shit for a while, yeah. <laughs> and this is the first time we've done it five weeks in a row. You know, the funny shit is that I think we've been doing this podcast probably off. I'm, I'm not making this up. I think we've been doing this podcast off and on for probably the past three or four years, maybe three years. At least, man. All right. I I think that in the last three years, we got six episodes in. In this past month and change, we got five in. I, I don't think that's an exaggeration. Yeah, I think it's I think that's dead ass because the last episode we did with uh with X Man. Yeah, yeah. I think that was episode six. Xavier, shout out. What up? Wherever the fuck you are, I have no clue where this nigga's at. Where he's at? Is he I still in Columbia? I, I I think he's alive. Okay. Maybe. Right. You know? Well, he would be very impressed if we did this five weeks in a row. Um, anywho's, anyways. It is the Thelonious Drunk Podcast. I'm very, very excited. Why am I excited? Oh, oh, well, maybe it's because motherfucking Black Panther comes out this week. And Lots of people are excited. Oh, my that. God. You know who's not excited? White people? Oh, white Christians of America. They oh, have yeah. a Facebook oh, yeah. page. You see that? Yeah, man. Like, I've been hearing all kinds of shit uh, on social media, you know. I think everybody's actually excited over this except, you know, racist, white conservatives that you know are using this as some sort of ploy to you know stir the shit in the way that they want to stir it by saying you know that everybody else is trying to start the beef yeah you know the funny shit about all this is you know that was the first thing that popped up where they were like you know what god damn it we're gonna go and we're gonna fuck up the rotten tomato score yeah, for what right about that which is the funniest shit in the world right because number one White people definitely don't know how to be angry, you know, because their first, <laughs> like, their first approach is we're going to go online and fuck up a Rotten Tomato score, right? right. That's like, that's like word, like, that's that's what it is. It's like, you know, when I can't stand preaching Dre, those goddamn niggers and wetbacks, I'm going to give them a bad review on right. their podcast right. on Apple. That'll show them, you right. know. Maybe, Half maybe, a star. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't complain at white folks. Or as mean because it could be burning crosses again and shit. Well, like I mean, that. I so, was yeah. gonna say on the on the other, <laughs> the other hand, side, right? So yeah, you know, yeah, give the shitty review. As exaggerated as they get, you know, <laughs> they kill 
Full towns. Yeah. So so maybe maybe I should just back off. But like, yeah, go yeah. go on Facebook, go on Instagram, go on whatever. Yeah, you do you, boo. The funny shit is, this is why I thought thought it was hilarious, is that, you know, Tyler Perry movies go through the roof as far as like ticket sales and shit like that. We don't read reviews. Black people don't give a fuck about reviews. Right, like right. like if if I think Medea Christmas, I'm sorry, Medea Boo, the Halloween movie. I think I'm not exaggerating. I think that shit had like an eight on Rotten Tomatoes. How? I know who's the who's the eight percent that liked it. I don't know, Fuck. but but my thing is, it's like if y'all think that a bad review is going to keep black people from seeing Black Panther, you don't know. <laughs> you have no idea about the people that you're dealing with. Like rule number one: know thine enemy. Like the the ridiculous notion that they would use those means as some sort of um, Let's make a real effect on the thing that we're trying to protest against is is the epitome of not knowing anything outside of just how they do shit. And yeah. that's it. You know, like the rest of the world does not work off of that. You know what I mean? Like the rest of the world that has like all kinds of cultures and ethnicities, not just, you know, like backwood, uh, conservative, close-minded white America. Yeah. Everybody works off of a... Of a a very, very different threshold of reactions, man. You know what? The funny shit is, is that, you know, white folks is like, you know, some white folks on the other end of the spectrum, right? Right. Like the the ultra liberal white people. Right. I saw some tweet with this woman. She's just like, you know what? Are we allowed to go see Black Panther? Because we don't want to offend anybody. Oh, and, my God. You know, it's like, it's like uh, you know, if if there's not enough seats, do we have to get up for a black person to sit down? You know what I mean? Like, it's I'm like. For real? It's like, at the end of the day. Let's just enjoy the movie. And I think it's kind of a, a reflection of how much white people take this shit for granted. It's like they've been having superheroes forever. And I say the same thing in the regards of there was a movie theater when Wonder Woman came out uh-huh. where they were having like a special screening for women only. You know, and it was like for women and little yeah. girls. Yeah, and it was that. really, really fucking dope and empowering. But yet, you have some white guys say, "Whoa, whoa, that's just oh, yeah. sexist." Oh yeah, and this is like, like even politicians, I think, complain about. Yeah, that shit. Fuck, can we have a movie? Like y'all have all of America. Oh God, can we get a motherfucking movie? Can we get a movie? Like, like just in general, the idea that it's like, all right, you get to watch and read and do a lot of things that represent you, so you take it for granted because you're just like, oh yeah, that's me, that's been me, that's yeah. my father, that's my grandfather, that's whoever, blah, blah, blah. But then a slight separation from that and you freak the fuck out because now you're being left out even though everybody else has been getting left out the rest of the you know, time. You know what it is, is white people complaining about, we can't use the word nigger. They can say it, but we can't say it. And it's like, that is the most entitled thing ever, right? Because... Let's be honest about it. It's like black people would definitely trade you being able to say nigga for us to have all of the privilege that white people have. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, you know, so white America, like it's been so harsh to you guys that right. you not being able to say nigga just ruins everything. How about great credit? How about <laughs> being able to like get pulled over by the cops? Like I got white friends telling me how they curse the cops out. Right. Or how about this? I saw this the other day where there's all these stereotypes about black people not knowing how to swim. Right. And systematically, there's a reason for that, especially growing up in the South. You know, there was um, segregated public pools. Right. Right. But as soon as certain states like ours in South Carolina forced desegregation, right. a lot of these public pools 
out of spite, they shut them down. They shut them down. They sh- I, I read that even they like yeah. pour concrete in them. They pour concrete in them and decided to open up private clubs. Right. So two thousand or so public pools and public parks across the nation closed down out of spite for having to integrate. Right. So all of a sudden, this platform of young black kids knowing how to swim, that was snatched away from us. So this whole thing where we joke about, oh, niggas don't swim, there's there's a, a reasoning behind that. Or, you know, there's a book that I have called The Cooking Gene where one of these stereotypes we talk about is, oh, black people eat chicken, but that was our currency. So in slavery times, we could trade chickens to to buy people out of slavery. We right. could trade chickens to, to do things in the community. So it's like these stereotypes all have reasoning behind them. Right. And here's the funniest shit of all. I'm sorry, I'm getting the man, Black Panther got the, the spirit in the nigga. Um, the funniest shit of it all is that the biggest injustice of stereotypes is I don't understand how a group of people, a group of black people in America having to be slaves, work all day, no fucking vacation, no pay. I mean, definition of slavery. Uh-huh. But yet, we get the def- we get the the reputation of being lazy and shiftless. That is the craziest shit. When the people that own the plantations, they're sitting on the porch drinking Arnold Palmer's, which I guess they didn't call it Arnold Palmer's in the slavery time. They had to like whatever slavery time athlete you would have. Those are the people that handled that shit at that time. You know. So ironically, it was probably called Jerry Jones back in the, the day. The Jerry Jones, yeah, he was probably a young boy back in eighteen sixty. Right. <laughs> Yo, that's that. So you know, whenever you were talking about the the swimming pools and um, once segregation was over, a lot of it being shut down, and then creating the 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 clubs, the private clubs, to still be able to segregate. Yeah, it also makes me think of, uh, especially in the South, a lot of the golf uh, clubs. That are still absolutely only whites. Yeah, it's, you know it's, what I mean. It's, it's the same That's why thing. you only got Tiger Woods and like maybe one black swimmer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's, it's that type of shit that you know it has been has been within contemporary life, right on the right beneath the surface. But now that you know a lot of stuff, a lot of the conversations are a lot more open. Is, is when you're starting to figure out is like, yo, like. This is exactly what's been going on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always been there. It's just that right, I, I just right. I just think that you know it's like <laughs> the Dave Chappelle joke where he was basically like you know you know the one thing that pisses white people off is like kneeling during the national anthem. Like that's right. the thing that gets them all riled up. Right. And it's like, man, I'm here for it, man. It's like I don't care what what they say or what they feel. Trump is in office. He's tearing everything apart, and we have to look at the people that put him in office. And statistically speaking, white women are a part of that movement as well. So, you know, anything that that uh, resembles something that's positive for people of color, for mm-hmm. POCs, I'm with it. So if y'all got a problem with, with, with Black Panther, y'all can just sit out. Y'all make as many, <laughs> put, put as many uh, uh, reviews you want on Rotten Tomatoes, whatever the fuck. I got my dashiki ready to go. You know, and as many as many of these uh, upset, butthurt white people over Black Panther coming out that want to protest, man, I've I've talked to and heard of and seen on social media like two, three times the amount of white folks that are just as excited as everybody else. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's like, it's not, it's, you know, these motherfuckers need to understand that they're not the majority of what dictates 
how to handle the, this type of situation. Like, fuck that. Oh, the funny shit is, too, I saw this meme that was basically like, you know, Black Panthers want to break, you know, all these records and sell millions, millions of dollars worth of tickets, but only going to have like $4 in concession stand sales. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm excited about that. Um, uh, the Black Panther soundtrack came out as well yeah. by uh, Kendrick's crew, yeah. TDE. Yeah. So you listen to any of that? I've I've uh I was listening I've been listening to it for the past couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh it's been pretty dope, man. You know, some songs I've heard before, some some more brand new to me right now. Um but it's been consistent, you know. Yeah, the um the video for the, the main song, All the Stars. The video is dope, but um apparently there was an artist that said that they stole um her designs. Did you hear about that? No, no, I haven't. I'll I'll have to show you the, the New York Times That's article. That's the one with Scissor? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Bay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, I'm excited about that soundtrack. Kendrick Lamar is also on Nipsey Hussle's album, which comes out by the time you guys hear this on Friday, it'll be out on Friday. So they, they released one of the songs today. Yeah, and that Nipsey Hussle joined is his yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I love Nipsey. I love Nipsey. So he's um and he has a kid with uh Lauren London. You know who that is? I don't. I'll just show you a picture. But um okay. she played in the movie uh ATL. She played Nunu and AT Ah fuck it, I'll show it to you later. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't but, seen that. Um the funny shit is when we got done doing the podcast last week, for the people that don't know, we record this on a Tuesday. We usually put it out on a Friday. Right. The very motherfucking next day, two things happen. The Quincy Jones interview where he's dropping all these dimes. Uh-huh. And the Cleveland Cavaliers like trade their entire team for like yeah man yeah for some salami. <laughs> nah, nah, they they actually got better, man. You think they got better? Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So like, they, so you know, with with the Cavaliers, they they literally did trade like eight players mm-hmm. for six players, I think, and a couple of draft picks. Okay, like I think from three different teams, you know, notables that they traded away. Derrick Rose, yeah. Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't remember who else. So, so Wade, Wade is done now. So he's going to he's going to Miami to do the, the farewell tour now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like uh, Wade apparently intended to become a free agent at the end of the season and then go 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 back to the Heat because he wanted to go back to the Heat. So the story I read about Wade a couple of weeks ago, I guess right now three weeks ago, his agent died. Oh, okay. uh, he was he was in. Old dude in the scene for a long time, and he passed away, uh, eighty something years old. Wow! And you know, I think this dude was also the agent for uh, Udonis Haslam. Okay, okay, in Miami. So they quoted Haslam at some point saying, you know, that he thought that this was going to happen at some point. He didn't know it was going to happen now. So the story goes that after the agent died, they had uh, they had the dude's funeral at the funeral. More or less, Wade and Pat Riley hugged it out. Oh, okay. They got they got past their beef because both of them had love for this dude, and and that's where it made it feasible for this to happen. Okay. So you know, I mean, you know, I would argue Wade when he went to Chicago, that was all a contract thing. Like I, th- I think he was just hurt. Oh, uh, he know? was mad. Hurt, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, and, and Riley is you know has a reputation of being kind of like you know he takes that whole Italian slick back hair thing really really seriously. You know, what yeah, I'm saying? yeah. I mean, he, you know, he's he's an old school hard ass, but you know, he's he's an intense dude. I th- I feel like throughout the years, as 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 much as he portrays that, there's also been a lot of loyalty, a lot of a lot of good passion towards you know like what he cares about. So you know, for me looking at it from the outside, obviously it was. 
exactly what it what it was to Wade where it hurt that bad. Mm. You could see it that the way that it was handled, it was just it was it was crushing a Wade because that's not what it, how it was supposed to go down. Yo, did you ever see that thirty for thirty with the Lakers, the Lakers and Celtics thirty for thirty? No, I didn't see it. There was something that I didn't fucking know about. Okay, Pat Riley was a fucking announcer for the Lakers. Like, okay. not even a coach, and got brought in to be the coach. No shit. Yes. Like, the nigga was, like, straight up, like, doing the play-by-play shit. Like, you know, on some Harry Carey. <laughs> what, was, what was the connection? Um, Just that I, I think the Lakers was kind of sucky, and they needed somebody. And it was kind of like... Fuck, and there yeah. was nobody, so they just, like, looked at the booth. I mean, it was... were, like, this old player. I, I'm, 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 I'm highly simplifying it, but but I, I remember being shocked when I saw that. So, you know, he kind of just, like, oh, shit, all right, well... I'll be cheap labor and and I'll, you know, rent some books from the library and, you God know, damn. yeah, but it's like, you know, you get Magic Johnson and fucking Kareem, you know, it's kind of hard to fuck that up. Kind of the same thing that just happened yesterday. Did you hear about this shit about uh, the Golden State Warriors? Oh, uh, Kerr let the players coach the game? Yes. Against his Phoenix Suns? <laughs> yes. Yeah. They were going to the bench and like Draymond Green got like a, got like a washboard and he's like drawing circles and yeah, shit. Yeah, I saw, I saw a video of... Uh, <laughs> Andre Godala yeah. doing the, that very thing. Yeah. Like Kerr just gave him the the whiteboard yeah. and dude was just drawing up plays, talking to everybody. I think Draymond Green, when he was coaching, he'd draw like a somebody's foot and somebody's crotch. <laughs> yeah. like, kick him in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, and take a, the ball. A leg with a foot, then a dick and balls Exploding. equals uh <laughs> kicking the balls explosion. Yeah, yeah. Equals fast fast point breaks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so like Everybody got kind of got mad. Do you think that him. the other team was like felt disrespected? Yeah, absolutely. But fuck them. Like, like if you don't want me celebrating in the end zone, keep me out the end zone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like it's it's not like it's not like it's like you know your kids you know middle school pop Warner shit. You know what I'm saying? So like you know these are professional athletes. So it's like man, fuck it. Like fuck it. Keep me out. Keep me out the end zone. And. And I don't want to hear anybody from Phoenix talking about they feel disrespected. Y'all niggas lost by 46 points. Shut up. That same game? Yeah, that same game. 40, 46 I mean, points. I think, I think nobody's going to be surprised as to why it would happen. Yeah. Everybody could be, you know, feeling, you know, against it because it sounds like some arrogant shit. But everybody also understands is like you have the premier team already for, what, two, three years. Yeah. And then you have a, a, a team in Phoenix that is nothing but just like... Young players and scrubs. Well, you know, I, there's a great quote um, from Buck O'Neill, who was a, a Negro League player. And um, he had this quote that said, anytime somebody say, be humble or don't be cocky, mm. it's because they can't do what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like I never keep hear it at my level. Yeah, I never hear Michael Jordan talking shit about somebody being cocky or or being shit talkers or whatever. Right. Because you know he can elevate above it. So it's right. like, so it's always kind of funny. You know, not saying that humility is a bad thing. You know, like humility is being able to appreciate what you have and appreciate your talents and, and work on it. And that's where skill comes from. Skill isn't just your God given talent. Skill is kind of like working on your God given talents. Oh, absolutely. You know, but. You know, especially in professional sports, I don't want to hear anybody talking to me about, you know, how how you're losing. <laughs> you know, like right. I, if I'm playing one on one with somebody, if I'm playing, you know, LeBron and he's dunking on me the whole time, like I can't be like, man, come on, man, stop dunking right. on me, man. You know, right, right. you know, you know, the very least that I would do is I would just be like, yo, man, you're winning this game in Madden. 
let's just stop and I just say you win because I don't feel like wasting my time. Other than that, you know, I'm not going to be like, man, come on, don't throw another touchdown. You mean you enjoy quitting? It's, dog, I'm old, right? Right. So I'm older. Yeah, you look it. Right. So like, and you smell it. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> Maybe smell it. <laughs> so it's like, the whole thing is like, I don't want to waste time. Like if this, like dog, when we be having our like our Madden sessions to be going to like two and three in the morning, every time we lie, like, oh, I'll come by at 10 o'clock. I'll be done. But like 11 by 12. And it's like, next thing you know, the sun is coming up. Dog. When a nigga is tired of shit, I remember one time we played mad and I had to get a haircut the next morning. I fell asleep in barber's chair. Them niggas looked at me like that's crazy. So it's like, if it's a game that's not going to, you know, where there's nothing to come back from, like, yo, huh? I'm not playing for a one salary. One quarter in. One quarter no, in. If it's a, if it's a, now. If it's a three-touchdown game and I'm throwing, like, five interceptions on Matt and fuck it, I as don't long, care. Like, like, I understand your point as, as far as, like, not wasting time, man. But I'm also... I'm also but, I'm also competitive, so but, I'm, I'm kind of like, all right, what, what's if the, I'm down in that first quarter by however many points, nah. that means I still have three quarters to try to come back. Nah, I would even do the opposite of that. Because, Which is what? Because if I'm if I'm blowing you out and it's not feeling Which like is a, play the actual game? It's no. The no, rest of the game? No, we'll stop it. I'll be like, let's go to something else. Like, like, like if it's like 50 to 3 or some shit like that. What, it's not going to be 50 to 3 in one quarter. <laughs> You must not have seen this Phoenix Suns game. But like what I'm saying is, <laughs> what I'm saying is, it's like I don't have time to waste on any of that stuff. Like, man, fuck it. Like, if, if it doesn't feel competitive, we're I have playing video I have we're no, doing is wasting time. I have no problem. No, 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 no. There's wasting time and then there's wasting time. You know what I'm right. saying? If you're winning, you're not wasting that much time. Yeah, 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 you are. Winning, uh-huh. winning can be a waste of time. Absolutely. I agree. Okay. So <laughs> this conversation went nowhere. Nowhere. Let's talk about Richard Pryor, uh, fucking <laughs> Marlon Brando. How about yeah, that? Yeah, that, that's a smooth transition. Absolutely. I mean, there's no way. Like, what could I be talking about to smoothly transition Richard Pryor, fucking Marlon Brando? I don't know. Anyways, um, I had a. Well, okay. I uh, can transition it. No, actually. Mm, 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 I can transition. I don't it. trust you. I, I, like, so we're talking about playing Madden. Oh, stop and it! And you get in your ass for. Stop so it. No, it's not going to work, man. You're getting fucked. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. So then this we go terrible. into a dude fucking a dude. No, it's terrible. It's there not. There's a parallel. It's, yo, know, these Maybe thoughts. I'm reaching, these thoughts. Uh, reach around. That's what you're trying to give? Okay. Oh, these thoughts. These thoughts do not reflect the Thelonious Monk LLC. Um, I said Thelonious Monk. Thelonious Drunk LLC wow. podcast. I mean, I've been drinking coffee. But nah, uh-huh. like, uh, shut up. Um, the Quincy Jones interview. Matter of fact, I say... One of the Quincy Jones interviews because he's had two that have been straight fire lately, and this one that the Vulture, the Vulture, Vulture dot com put out. He said a few things what that were really interesting. What the fuck are you drinking right now, yo? Cocaine, liquid cocaine. Um, he said the Beatles were the worst musicians he's ever heard. Yeah, I heard about that. He said that he knows who killed JFK, which is that was um, crazy. Which I've heard that before. Like there's a there's a Sinatra documentary where they talked about um. The possibility of the mob killing Kennedy, which the Teamsters and the Italian mob, all that type of stuff, they got Kennedy in office. So here's here's what happened. And Kennedy kind of fucked up a lot of shit in politics now where, you know, this is this is the context where when Trump comes in, he's putting all these relatives and all these people he have these relationships with into these like these um these these offices, into these jobs. We're not supposed to do that. The reason we're not supposed to do that is because of Kennedy. So what happened was when Kennedy gets elected, um, the Italian mob got 
Chicago Forum, I'm sorry, Illinois Forum and a few other states. And in return, they were like, hey, lay off of us as far as like the gambling and stuff like that is concerned. Because you're looking at the 50s and 60s, you know, they were just getting out of like doing a bunch of shit in Cuba to now trying to create Las Vegas in, you know, to this whole gambling mecca. Well, Kennedy hired his brother, who was an attorney, to be the district attorney for um, the United States. And his main thing was going after the mob. So not only did Kennedy not uphold his word to leave these guys alone, he hired his brother to go after the mob even harder. And there was word that the Italian mob got angry. And I say as a result of that, you can't go in and put your brother in office now. So there's like, you know, there's like laws now that were put in the books after Kennedy that you can't just be like, all right, I'm going to let my my cousin come in and do this job type of thing. Right. Um, So... There's some context with that. So, like, he wasn't, Quincy wasn't breaking ground with that. But he also said that uh, Michael Jackson was a thief. He stole a bunch of music. I heard about that one, too. Um, And he casually, this is the part that I think is hilarious. It wasn't the fact that he's, like, dropping these dimes. It said how he just does it totally, totally, like, you know, um, I don't know. He's not forced to say anything about it. So, hold on. Let me see see if I can find a specific quote. Because it is so, it is so out of context. Um, <laughs> it's like it's, it's like a Q&A by uh, David Marchese I think it's the, the author's name and when he talks about this Brando thing the way he did it was just so hilarious to me that um <laughs> that you'll get a kick out of it and and also he talks shit about T-Pain which I felt kind of bad about that like he said T-Pain kind of fucked up one of his songs which of course T-Pain fucked up one of his songs but um, the other funny thing was Didn't T Pain fuck up a bunch of people's songs. Well, T Pain for what he does isn't that dude with the auto tune, right? Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, um, T Pain has been like T Pain created whatever the sound of hip hop that's going on now. Love it or hate it, he's pretty much hate it. He's pretty much the guy that's kind of responsible for a lot of that. Like the whole the the whole industry made fun of auto tune. And then all of a sudden they tried to copy what he did. So for what T Pain was doing, like when I be DJing parties and shit like that, man, dog, like that shit is like no joke. Those T Pain records, maybe about ten years ago, insane. I can't find a quote. I'm like, so yo, man. but like with with T Pain and the auto tune shit, man. Mm-hmm. You know, he he did create the sound that's going on right now, uh, with the singing being, you know processed or whatever but like auto-tune and vocoder and fucking like synth and all this shit you know like that type of stuff was being used from way before mm-hmm. in the fucking 80s you know what i mean yeah if not before that so like he used it in the now but it wasn't like the dude grabbed something from out of nowhere which is what i don't like about it he, he brought something that i felt like the first time i ever heard it was shitty and then made it shittier i mean jay kind of when he did the song Death of Auto-Tune, it kind of like, the industry kind of was like, oh, okay. You know, it fell off just a little bit, but then it came back. Now, all right, so here's the part of the interview okay. where um, um, Quincy's talking to the guy, and the guy, and this is all Q&A style, where Quincy's basically talking about how um, in the music business, people don't study music anymore. And Quincy says, people limit themselves musically, man. Do musicians know tango, macumba, yoruba music, samba, bossa nova, salsa, cha-cha? And the interviewer says, maybe not cha-cha. And out of nowhere, Quincy says, Brando used to cha-cha dancing with us. 
He could dance his ass off. He was the most charming motherfucker you ever met. He'd fuck anything. Anything. He'll fuck a mailbox. James Baldwin, Richard Pryor, Marvin Gaye. And the interviewer says, wait, he slept with them? How do you know that? Quincy Jones frowns and says, come on, man. <laughs> he did not give a fuck. You like Brazilian music? Like, he just kind of just gets <laughs> all You're like, you like Brazilian music? Like, you'd be like, yo, <laughs> he fucked everybody. You like Brazilian music? It's like the most random shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's I I read that shit. That was that was fucking crazy. And then you know, like, cause somebody somebody that I was talking to about this this whole thing the first time I heard about it was just like, yo, like, but have you thought of the fact that like he's just old, you know? So he's just like running his mouth. I think he I, has onset dementia or some shit like that. And I don't like, think it's that. I no, think no. yeah. I I here here's the thing. Mm. Even in between having that conversation and the following day, Jesus Christ. Uh. One of Richard Richard Pryor's uh, ex wives, yeah, was like, yeah, they fuck, ain't no shame in it, whatever. <laughs> well, you know? so like, I, I in, in between all of this, with the one or two things you know are being exaggerated, I do feel like the dude is just like dropping dimes on whatever the fuck happened because he knows his days are numbered. Yeah, here's here's my thing. I think it's really hilarious. And first of all, you know, let's let's this is one of the things I wanted to talk about on the Negro League podcast, which I'm putting it out. I was going to put it out this week, but I figured I wanted to wait until after I saw Black Panther because I definitely wanted to talk about that. You want that fuel. Oh, my gosh. You know. Fire. I'd be having like Phil Akuti just playing the whole time in the background. Yeah. Um, here's the thing that I thought was pretty interesting. Number one, there's a great Richard Pryor documentary where um, Richard, in a weird way, I'm going to figure out how to develop these thoughts to, to editorialize them. Okay. He's, he was kind of a flawed hero for the the LGBTQ community because Richard was always very blunt and vocal about his bisexuality. Okay. So there's a part in the documentary and he talked about this in one of his um one of his stand-up specials where he was talking about he met this chick um took her home fucked her. All right. And they caught up again um they caught up again and said that she didn't t- tuck it in and find out it was a dude. And okay. Richard kept fucking with this person for another two weeks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And openly. Yeah, openly. So there was a, you know, there was a, a there was a joke that he was basically saying, like, he made this joke talking about, you know, be careful. Uh, <laughs> he was just like, anytime, he's like, anytime you fuck with a dude and, and you suck the dick and you tell him not to tell anybody, that was the biggest mistake I made. He said, because as soon as I got done, they called somebody. He was like, Richard, suck my dick. And he's just right. like, just don't come in my mouth. And I say that and say he was joking and laughing about it. So he was always open about it. And if and there's did a people the people in in that time catch it that he was I, being honest, but, or did they but think that he was just joking? There's there's no way you couldn't have thought he was honest. I just think that there was a time where People just didn't give a fuck. Like I like I think that I think that as as advanced or progressed that we think we are now, being accepting of certain shit, a lot of that stuff has already happened and we just we just oh, don't yeah. know about it. So like Brando in his book talked about being bisexual. You know, um Richard when he did a they did a Richard Pryor roast, he was saying a bunch of suggestive shit to Paul Mooney. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where you couldn't you couldn't escape the I you couldn't escape that he was talking about, you know. Wasn't wasn't Paul Mooney also kind of openly uh I don't know if he was open. I don't know I don't know if Paul Mooney was openly I mean, not open directly, but he was still 
making enough jokes about things that you were kind of like probably. I, I don't know enough of Paul Mooney's jokes directly because I think Paul did a lot of writing with Richard. Um, but there was always that 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 inside joke that Paul Mooney was 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 bisexual. Right. But it was basically like you watch this 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 roast. And like Richard is mad open about it. Matter of fact, when we take a break, I'm gonna play it for you because it's, it's right. you know what I'm saying. So I, I kind of say it in the sense of, you know, God bless Richard for being like just he was pretty much fucking fearless. So it's like yeah, he was. Richard would be honest about everything, and I think the problem was he was a flawed um, messenger because you know how are you gonna have somebody that's gonna be an advocate for something? And they they smoking free base. You know what I'm saying? How are you gonna have somebody that's a advocate for this and they you know they abuse women? You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah, like, yeah. so I think he was a very flawed um, individual that was really really ahead of the curve. Which by the way, if they did a Richard Pryor movie, you know who should play him? Who? Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Yeah, who's playing Lando right now? But yeah, I think he should play him. You think he has enough of the absolutely and like absolutely kind of like off kilter uh, whatever whatever childish Gambino wants to do I'm here for it like I fucks with him hard like yo yeah. I I love what Donald Glover does I watched one stand up comedy special by him how's it how's the stand up it was bad yeah I, I I couldn't get past like twenty thirty minutes I expected for it to be funny I expected for it to be weird and have his his brand of timing and shit like that, but the stand-up was really fucking horrible. Well, you know what? I feel certain people, I know we get on this this Eddie Murphy kick every once in a while, but I think Eddie was one of the rare people that was great at stand-up and great in movies because I would argue Chris Rock, great stand-up comedian, which, by the way, his new special comes out tomorrow. I hope it's good. Yeah, I mean, it's just niggas that don't want to spend money on Valentine's Day, Chris Rock, she'd be like, you're welcome. Right. But um, Chris in movies was terrible. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, he was Chris good. was awful in movies. The only time that he was decent in a movie, I, I think prior to Top Five, he was playing a crackhead. It wasn't even a comedic role. Right. Um, Kevin Hart is terrible in movies. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, I would probably say Donald Glover is probably the opposite of that. I think. I think script wise, film wise, creative wise, he's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. if his stuff translates. At stand up, because stand up is fucking difficult, man. I think, I think, oh man, like I, I would. That's that's one thing that I would never ever try. I feel like, oh, you know, stand up comedians <laughs> are some of the bravest, well, individuals to fucking do something, man. Like, cause you know, you you, you got to do so many things to actually make people laugh while trying to fucking suppress all kinds of insecurities. Like, I, yeah. But, you're you're a man alone in front of a stage, man. Like, well, I'm I'm doing I'm doing I'm gonna do some stand up. Like, they have like this open mic around here. So, like, my list, of, my short list of shit that terrify me that I want to try. The funny thing is, a friend of mine was talking about he wanted to do like this whole sign up. I'll thing. support you through Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. But not, my th- here's my thing though is that I don't think people have the um, self awareness with certain shit. I think that niggas might think, oh, you know, I'm in class or I'm out places and motherfuckers laugh at me. It's totally different than being on stage. So it's yeah, like, yeah. so my thing is this uh, this thing that they signing up for. My dude was like, yeah, I'm gonna do five minutes. I was like, nigga, five minutes is an incredibly long time. Yeah, that's an eternity. Up yeah, there, man. yeah. You know Especially what I'm saying? I'm like, give me, give me sixty seconds. <laughs> give me, give me two minutes. Give me two minutes at, at most. So it's your usual date night. Absolutely. I mean, but think about. I mean, think about it. Imagine if you know 
Like two minutes might not sound like a long time, but imagine if it's like somebody that you don't want to be with, something that you you know you, you yeah 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 absolutely it like, feels like an eternity. I you know any anytime there's open mic, anytime that there's like <clears throat> local comedians doing the thing, man, like you know it it's always a matter of like all right, <clears throat> there might be that one person out of the like I don't know six people that they have on stage that are gonna perform that might actually be funny, maybe if you're lucky. Outside of that, everybody else is just funny amongst their friends. I mean, but funny amongst their family. But you know, it's a different story being funny on an everyday sort of basis as opposed to like getting up on stage yeah. and actually being a fucking comedian. I mean, I think stand up comedy is it, it falls under the same umbrella as certain stuff that people think they can do, so they don't take it yeah. when you do it professionally, they don't take it seriously. You know what else is like that? Photography. So it's like yeah. You know, if you shoot photography for weddings, people are like, oh, well, I'm going to spend all this money because my uncle got a camera. He shoots stuff, too. And it's just like, you're not a photographer. You're a nigga right. with a camera. Exactly. You, you know what I'm saying? And, but even, and even that is, like, a lot easier because you're just, A, you're hiding behind the camera, mm. and then it's something that you can actually, like, tell lies to other people that have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. Comedy, you're exposed. Either you're funny or you're not. Yeah. Once you're on stage, either you're making people laugh or you're not. So like you can't fucking fake it. Yeah. So that's why I figured out the best way to handle that shit is just have a funny ass TED talk. You know what I mean? So like just just talk about something seriously with moments of of humor as opposed to trying to be a stand up comedian. Right. You know. I've been watching um you know while, while we're talking about the whole thing of like stand up comedy, I've been watching um Pete Holmes. He has some some who's that? Uh, Pete Holmes. He's this he's this comedian kid. He has I think he had a late night show on on TBS or USA or some shit like that. And he has several like skits uh and HBO gave him a show. Mm-hmm. And um the show's name is called Crashing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't started the second season yet, but um, right. I'm ready. I'm ready to start it when it's done. But yeah, crashing is pretty dope. Like, right. Yeah. And, and he talks about you know like the, the 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 gist of the show is this dude's like telling his story about how he came up in the business. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And uh, earlier today, I also watched. Uh, I think it may have been the one of the last episodes of uh, This Is a Mero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were talking to um, Jack Black, Louis Black. Louis Black. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen the interview yet. Right, but yeah. So there's one thing that Louis Black said with him, what they were talking to him about that was that that correlated along with the point that I that I saw off of uh, the Pete Holmes uh, crashing show, and it's pretty much just how they both talked about how long it takes to actually find your voice mm-hmm. within stand up comedy. They both talked about like. Pretty much just being shit at the beginning, just sucking at yeah, it for yeah. a long time, and how long it takes, you know, to actually like not just persevere through through the ridiculous sort of uh, uh, I don't know, man, the the ridiculous sort of adversity that comes from literally just standing in front of a bunch of people that are gonna boo you off the stage, and then everything else that you got to deal with, the fact that there's no real money involved at the beginning, yeah. It's a bunch of shit. It's really, really tough. I would never try it, you know, but I respect the shit out of, you know, you know, somebody like Lewis Black, this Pete Holmes dude, like talking about it where it's like they pushed and pushed and pushed. They got through it. They found their voice. And, you know, 
within within many circles they're they're critically respected. You know, the thing about it is I think that when you when people say I wouldn't try this or I wouldn't do that, it's like it's like for all the times that it doesn't work, when you have a great room fucking with what you're saying, right? I, I can't imagine anything being better than that. So to to, to a comedian if they if they got a set that kills, that has to be like the greatest feeling. I feel like I that. Agree. I feel like that musically. Right. So it's like music is kind of the same way. It's like you know, I'm not selling millions of records, or or I'm not in like on at the Grammys or whatever. But being on stage in the right environment where the crowd is fucking with you, that's the closest thing I would probably have to a religious experience right. that I could imagine. Right. And so you know, when 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 people say when people say they want to start trying this stuff out, I'll always support somebody's drive what i won't support is if somebody's not taking it seriously so if a nigga think they're gonna go yeah. on stage if a nigga think they're gonna go on stage man comedy more specifically is a filtering process if you think you're gonna go on stage and just fuck around like they will get you out of there quick i mean think about like Chappelle is like 44 years old he's been doing comedy 30 years right you know right. what i'm saying oh, yeah. so it's like you know it's a lot more downs than the ups before you ever get to a point of actual success. I mean, yeah, and 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 I salute those people that that do it well. Fuck you, Monique. Anyway, what <laughs> <laughs> you gonna hear this podcast and cuss me out? But um, let's take a break right quick. Um, I might have some visitors in a second, but like, yeah, let's take a break. We'll be right back. Cause I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm biggity biggity like that, y'all. One, 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 two, 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 three, three, three. We are back in this motherfucker. Damn, that, that liquor burnt my throat. Yeah. It hurt. It always hurts. It always hurts. That's when you know it's good. Oh my gosh. Um, so I got my Black Panther tickets. Um, Valentine's is this week. Do you is. know anybody that say Valentine's instead of Valentine's? Um, uh, Valentine's Day. I mean, it's always you know. Nah, you never mind apostrophe s. Nah, no, I'm talking about times. Like they say t i m e s, like on some country ass shit. Valentine's. Yeah, they say or 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 instead of saying library, they say library. Library. But um, yeah. So I never thought about it. Yeah, you know. Because you're right though. I know a bunch of country ass motherfuckers, man. So, uh, this is a black ass motherfucker month, not just because it's Black History Month, but. They're trying to like bring back a bunch of black shit. So apparently, I heard like LeBron James is supposed to be redoing House Party. I hadn't heard of that. Yeah, which makes no fucking sense That's at all. That's a horrible idea. Which fuck kid? Even though people say I look like him all growing up, ever since that Kaepernick shit when he's on Fox trying to make fun of Cap, that really really pissed me off. Also, they're talking about bringing back Martin. I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. What could the premise be? Like, it's like what twenty years? Yeah, I mean, I feel like. A lot of a lot of the premise worked beautifully back back in the day. They were all young and they were, you know, like this whole like figuring life out type of shit. Yeah. Now it's like it's the same cast or however many of them that are gonna be in there and um <laughs> you know, you, you can't have the same group of individuals in exactly the same type of Yeah, lifestyle. you live in the same apartment and all right, that shit. Like, like so this Martin like had twenty kids fucking twenty five years later, you know what I mean? Oh like, gosh. You're in your 40s, you're in your 50s, however the fuck the old they are, and like you're still dealing with exactly the same things, thinking the same way. Like you can't yeah. do that. So oh, they're, they're saying um, Martin is on tour, so like he's coming, to, he's coming to Columbia. Word. Yeah. So I don't know, I don't know how I feel about his stand up in 2018, but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, the comedy jam days were a completely different story than what's 
what's good and funny and quote unquote uh, cooth. Cooth. To, to, to be put up. Man, I, don't, I don't even know what that fucking word means, man. <laughs> Koofy. <laughs> so, all right, 90s shows. Like, we're talking about Martin. Like, what was the shows you used to watch growing up? Like, what was the, like, the, your shit growing up? Man. Um, I mean, Martin was actually one of the main shows that I used to watch back in the day, man. Like, mm-hmm. even, even the, the reruns were always good, you know. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Back in those days, I used to watch a lot more cartoons. I think. Ah, okay. So, what was what was the your main shit cartoon wise growing up? Um, uh, you know, Ninja Turtles, man. A lot of anime that was coming out in the fucking like mid to late nineties. Um, what is what is Ninja Scroll falling your list? Like, when did that come out? You ever yo, seen? Yo, Ninja yo. Scroll is dope as fuck. Yo, man, man. is that is that like ninety five or something like that? Like, how Ninja old Scroll is was definitely like mid nineties. Let me man. let me take a look. That was definitely mid nineties. You know, you know what else I want to see again? I haven't seen it in years. I remember when I was a kid and it came out. What was the um, Heavy Metal? Yo, the magazine that's just still going on, man. Word, yeah. Like they, you know, they made like one. I know they made one major movie. Um, but it's it's possible that they may have made a few others, um, but they the magazine still still going strong. At least last time I checked. Yo, Ninja Scroll came out in '93. I think I need to watch that again. Oh my god, yo, yo, I need to watch Ninja Scroll. Yo, oh my god. Um, fucking if you have Amazon Prime, uh, they just added Cowboy Bebop. Word. And they just added uh, Akira. Did you ever watch the Ghost in the Shell movie with a? Uh, oh girl? yeah. Oh wait, the live I'm, I'm, action. Yeah, I'm not talking about no, the cartoon. Yeah. Nope, 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 yeah. nope, nope. Like I, you know, the the original animated movie. That shit's a fucking classic. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I got that shit on VHS, nigga. Yeah, man. Like that shit's a fucking classic. And and then you know, the TV series that they brought out, and then a couple of like mini series they brought out. That's just it's all been dope as fuck. It's it's from the same maker, but like that live action shit, man. Like there's a bunch of visuals that I'm like, yo, like sh- that shit looks beautiful. It looks dope. I want to watch it, yeah. but then I'm like, they got Scarlett Johansson to fucking play the lead, and I'm like, nah, I'm done. Yeah. I can't, so I haven't. <sighs> well, you know, she's in that Marvel universe. I mean, she's getting all that fucking money, Yo, man. while we're on this conversation, mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever heard of, like, from back then, it actually was, it may have been, like, even younger than the fucking, like, 93 or whatever, but, like, um, Battle Angel Alita. Mm, what's that? It's this dope ass like hour, hour and a half long anime movie, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Uh, cyborg girl, post punk, post apocalyptic type of no, like cyberpunk type of shit, right? Yeah, dope as fuck. Um, what's the dude's name that did uh, Avatar: The Blue People? Uh, you talking about uh, uh, James Cameron? Cr- yeah, James Cameron. I was gonna say Cameron Crowe's right. all off. But yeah. So James Cameron apparently has loved anime from way the fuck back. Mm. Battle Angel Alita, he has been trying to make a live action movie of it for years. It's about to happen. There's a live action trailer. If you haven't seen it, you should look it up. Oh, so so is he's doing it? Yeah, he's he's like I I, uh, I think he's directing okay. it. If not just like producing it, but he's be, he's the name behind it and he's been trying to make this shit happen for like the last 10 to 15 years. Yo. Can you, yo, Avatar, I'm looking at IMDb. Avatar came out in 09. This shit is almost 10 years yeah, old. Yeah, man. That's fucking crazy. That's insane. Like, I think I think Battle Angel Alita, you can actually watch it on YouTube. Like, the whole movie, like, dubbed or, like, with, with subtitles or whatever. I think you can watch it either way. 
Um, but the, the live action trailer, like you should watch the movie first. Yeah. And then the live action trailer, Christoph Waltz is one of the main uh, the characters homie. in it. Okay, okay. Uh, it's weird, man. It's weird. But, you know, within the live action sort of adaptations uh, from America to like Japanese anime, uh, that's the latest thing I've seen. And it's, it, yeah, I'll say it's interesting. Uh, speaking of uh, art, and I guess it's, I guess you can call it art with illustrators and, and animation. How do you feel about the um, the uh, the Obamas the their their paintings? I saw that. I saw that. Uh, when when did they drop it? Yesterday? Yeah. Or today? Yeah. Well, whatever. Like by the time I think, I think it was yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Um, I saw them, man. I'm familiar with the dude that did uh, Kahende Wiley. I think yeah. his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, he's the guy that did uh, Barack Obama's portrait, yeah. and then uh, there was a lady that did. Michelle Obama's portrait. Amy Sherald. Word. Yeah. yeah. I'm not familiar with her work. I'm familiar, I'm a bit familiar with his. Um, his his is his is dope for what it's supposed to be. You know, it, it shows like different sides of Obama, I think, especially in contrast to uh other presidential portraits. Yeah. And even contrast to a lot of his own work, yeah. in my in my opinion. Uh, hers, I'm not familiar with the body of work. Uh, I wasn't very hot on on the portrait that they did of Michelle. I heard a lot of that. I heard a lot of people not liking the Michelle. Yeah, I thought it was weak, man. You know, like like with dude's work that did uh, Barack's, I've had, you know, I have my opinions, you know, back and forth within that, but, but he's solid within his body of work, within exactly the thing that he does. Uh, so I was cool with it. I think throughout the years it's going to, like, age better and better. Yeah. Uh, Michelle's, though, man, like... I looked at it over and over, and like I don't like it. Well, you know, they have the ability to say they don't like it and have people redo it. You know what I'm saying? So do they? Yeah, yeah. Like I was reading an article about it, where like the the thing about it is you get to choose who does your shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, I knew that part. I didn't yeah. know that they got to like you know yeah. redo it. That'd be some that's some that'd be some awful shit. Like I'll cry in a corner. How much do you think they get paid for that shit? Oh, like I, I would imagine you know like you know they're they're being immortalized in history. Yeah. So I, I would, you know, and this is like wild speculation, but I would say at least thirty to fifty grand for it. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know whether that's highballing it, lowballing it. I don't know. Let's see. But you know, I know, I know both of the artists are like fairly popular within uh within the art sector, man. So I don't know. I don't think it's far fetched. Let's see. I'm like I'm trying to Google this shit, but I I don't think I'm gonna figure this out. Like how much they get paid for a presidential portrait? Let's see. Maybe Google will help me. Hold on. I mean, all right, go ahead. Hey Google, how much do artists get paid to paint the president's portraits? Sorry, I don't know how to help with that. Man, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> all right, well, yeah, no, no, that's all I got. I mean, I I look at it like this: you can have you can have a small market. Mm-hmm. With a fairly popular artist that creates a piece that would be either the same size or slightly smaller, mm-hmm. and charge five grand easy, and get it if they're popular and respected enough within a mid-sized market. So then we're talking about the president, we're talking about the Smithsonian, we're talking about you know artists that already have notoriety nationwide, internationally. So. To go from five grand to you know at least thirty grand, forty grand, maybe fifty grand. Yeah, I, I think it's it's reasonable within that sort of spectrum. All right, I got a question for you. All right, 
So um, we know that you love Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Favorite. Yeah. So if you're an artist, um, oh, hold on a second. This is a, um, this is an article in Huff Post from 2013, and it says extravagant price tags on official president portraits uh, are cut to just $20,000. So it says the bill okay. was introduced. It will limit the amount of taxpayer money that agencies can spend on official portraits to $20,000 apiece. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah, so if they want more, they would have to pay it for themselves. So, yeah. So Well, that would make sense, you know, the government actually, like, limiting the amount of money that's paid for art Yeah, to so, be put into the history books. Let's see. Expensive oil paintings. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, so, yeah. So, I, I guess you, you were kind of spot on about it. So, um, yeah, while we're talking about your boy... And um, art. Yeah. Showtime just started a cartoon series called My Cartoon President or <laughs> Our Cartoon President. Yeah. Is it is it Trumpy? It is Trump. Oh, God. It is Trump. It's, it's an animated show, and it's Trump and everybody. I remember seeing the drawing of Trump. I remember seeing the drawing of uh, even Ben Carson. I, oh, I haven't God. seen an episode of it. But it is this like exaggerated satirical. Okay, I see. I see. Show it on, on HBO. HBO. Oh gosh, this looks awful. So I hope it's funny. Who does my Donald Trump's Jeff Bergman? I don't know who these people are. I have to look at the trailer. But here's the question I have for you. All right. As much as you uh, love Trump, and, I, and I'm being facetious, guys, don't don't think he's a MAGA guy. Nope. If Trump is like, hey, your artwork is huge. I want you to do huge. my my presidential portrait. Would you do it? No. Unless unless they give me free reign mm. and they're okay with still paying. Well, even if they don't pay me and I turn in exactly what I think of him, you know, <laughs> and don't get put into a dungeon, you know, then I, then I would then I might do it just to see his face. Outside of that though, man, you know, like there's there's not enough money to fucking like pair up and be remembered in history with such a piece of shit. <laughs> right, yeah. All right, well, well, Donald, I can't stand you, but I'll paint you for the right amount of money. You know what I'm saying? Because then I'll just piss him off and just spend a bunch of money on shit that he wouldn't like. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'll make a bunch of donations to like the NAACP in his name and shit like that. You know? He'll probably hire you because he, he'll think you're Mexican. And he'll think, oh, see, I do like the Spaniards. Yeah, yeah, I, I like Mexicans. See, I'm, I'm allowing this one to stay on this side of the wall. Absolutely. Or oh, what did he say? He, he had this picture where he was like at, at his Trump restaurant and he's eating a big taco. And he's just like, I, oh, I love yeah. Hispanics. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, that shit is that insane, shit, man. man. Oh, fuck. Yo, what, are you, what, are, what are you doing for Valentine's tomorrow? Um, I don't know. I'm getting a haircut. That's so, good. Yeah, so. I mean, at least you can stand yourself while looking in the mirror. Oh, man. On you Valentine's. Know. Give give myself the 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 Pamela Henderson. There you go. There you go. Hey man, your, your day's looking up already. Yeah, absolutely, man. So yeah, we'll see. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know what I, what I got planned. I might I might have somebody to go hang out with and uh you know, uh, try to watch this Chris Rock special that comes out on Valentine's Day. Chris Rock, man, God bless you, because Chris Rock was like, I'm gonna put my thing out on Valentine's Day for all the niggas that ain't got no money. So yeah, you be like, there yo, you baby. Go. Yo, baby, you know what I'm saying? We can watch this, you know what I'm saying? Get some wings from Publix. You know what I mean? He's he's, he's kind, yeah, he's also a sadist. Because mm-hmm. he knows that many dudes are going to want to watch that shit, but their girlfriends are not going to want to really watch it. Absolutely. So he knows that he's going to fuck up a lot of uh, 
unplanned pregnancies that night. Yo, side note, right? Number one, right. to all my black friends that might have white girlfriends, I know you're going to feel uncomfortable taking them to see Black Panther. If you're going to take them, don't bring them to the premiere. Just wait till a day or so afterwards. You'll be cool. Number two. But what if they want to experience, you know, like the true nature of the event? Well, you know what? It'd be, it basically, that was the joke with Get Out. So it's like, you know, it, it, you, take, you take your white girlfriend and see Get Out, you're going to get like some sympathy head afterwards. Right. And she's going to have to prove to you that she's not trying to like, you know, kill you or whatever the case may be. Right, right. Um, but I always say for different reasons, I'm so into this movie that you can't take a date to it the first time you see it. You know what I'm saying? Not unless she's like straight geeking out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In she, exactly the she same way that you to, Yeah, she got to be geeking, geeking out with you. And see, with, with this one, it would have to be geeking out on the comic book uh, like movie front or just comic book front. Yeah. And on top of that, with like all the sort of like social political connections that it has to it, all the racial stuff, all the, all the different <laughs> things that are cultural. Like, Yo. It's so layered that like it would take a lot for that for that girl to be like geeking out exactly the same way. Yo, straight up, man. Like, I want to start like the fucking <laughs> like Jesus is talking about. He goes, he goes to start the electric slide <laughs> inside the movie theater. But yeah, like I I don't know if I've experienced this. I, I do know. I was gonna say I don't remember black people being this united and happy since Obama got elected the first time. Yeah, that's I believe that. That's kind of what this feels like. Fuck, or even. Since Trump got elected. Oh, gosh. You know, that, that shit threw all the brown and black together. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about being happy. I'm not talking about like we're, we're like, yeah, we're together. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Like, straight up, like, I saw on my phone when it's because, like, because, because we was like, oh, Hillary going to be the president, blah, 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 blah. And I made a joke at like 9 p.m. looking at like the results. And I'm like, man, this shit looking a little too close. And I went to bed at like midnight thinking that I'm good. You know, Hillary's going to be the first, you know, Woman president. Woman president, right. 3 a.m., I get a text message from New York Times. This is Donald Trump is the 45th president of the United States. Dog, that was like... Don't wake up. Yo, Don't that was wake the, up. the worst shit ever. You know, you, know, you know what killed me the most about it, right, is that um, people kind of like make fun of Will Smith about this. Not about the Trump thing, but they call it the, um, they call it the, the bootstrap people. Okay. So like, there's nothing more frustrating... Then when something tragic happens or some bad shit happens, somebody be like, well, you know what you got to do? You got to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and blah, 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 blah. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right, right, so, like, yeah. so like I went to work and all my black friends are like looking depressed and sad. Trump got elected. And then like my white friends are like, well, you know, you know, it doesn't you matter. pull yourself up by yeah. the bootstraps. It doesn't matter who's in the office. We got to work and pull ourselves. I'm like, nigga, you voted for him. We're <laughs> all Americans. Yo, yo. So... But like they talk about Will does that a lot of times where he does that whole you gotta visualize it and and pull yourself up by the bootstraps and 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 believe in yourself. Is like, that what he said after they dropped Bright on Netflix? Yeah, pretty much. Yo, that nigga still got paid twenty million. That's oh, that's yeah. that's how he, he fails. Yeah. I want yeah. that in my life. I wanna fail in, into that. Like Shannon Sharp on um on Undisputed, he's like the dog show. And he's like taking all these pictures on 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 Twitter. And it's a picture of him like kissing a dog. Some black dude said to him, yo, dog, you don't be kissing dogs. Like, leave that to the white people. And he said, should I leave being a millionaire to the white people too? You know what I mean? Right, like, like right, so, right, right. you know, I wish I could fail into millions and millions of dollars. I would be cool being a thousand air, a hundred air, yeah. a hundred air. Like, 
when we get off, I'm gonna try to see if Little Caesars is still open to get a five dollar pizza. Like, like I want to be able to like not worry about that stuff again. I think you might have sixty minutes to go from right now. You know what I need to do? <laughs> it's almost ten o'clock. Yeah, I know where yeah, I know yeah. where I'm going by myself. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> oh shit! So Valentine's Day. Don't say Valentine's, guys. Um, yeah. You know, take a girl out someplace nice, or or hey, gender fluid. Let let her take you out somewhere nice, or them take you out somewhere nice, or there take you out somewhere nice. Just enjoy yourself. Make sure everything is consensual, and um, don't spend all your money trying to impress anybody for a holiday. You know what hand, I'm saying? Hand jobs are free. Absolutely. Well, are you offering? <laughs> like, like, he's like, he's like, Shit. I thought you were gonna have somebody tomorrow. Bro. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, it's gonna be fun. I think uh, to be able to go see Black Panther. And um yeah, I got my, my my week is pretty lit of a bunch of cool shit. So it's like between Black Panther coming out, Atlanta's coming back out, Nipsey Hustle album's coming out. Um Yeah, a few things going on for you. I also know right around the release of the movie, you know, having to do with the conversation around the release of the movie. Mm-hmm. So I think I think by next week, by the next episode, man, you know, there's gonna be a lot of actual positive shit to talk about. Yeah. Um I have one fear. And and this is going to be a time capsule. Is that if there's any time for a maga a magaite, an angry white person to really be angry, like if guys, if you start seeing white people in pickup trucks wearing maga hats, all of a sudden buying tickets to Black Panther, run. So yeah, man. yeah, like like yeah. I ain't trying to be negative or whatever, but I'm like nigga, like I wouldn't put it past it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you know. So just just be careful. Yeah. And yeah. all this and all this blackness going on. So I got my dashiki ready to go. I got my my flower girls like coming to America to drop the flower petals at my feet. We know who's getting shot first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> King Jaffe Jofa. But um It'll but be yeah. good, man. It'll be good. I think it's, it's I think it's gonna be uh I think for for most of us it's gonna be an actual celebration. It's gonna be an actual like yeah. good time, fun time. Reflective time with a lot of positivity, man. I'm gonna tell you a secret to white America. Even if the movie is terrible, you'll never hear me say that. Nah, I've I, I been mean, it's, it's great. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. I mean, all y'all have to do is just you know, like I saw like today or last night, whatever it was, like you know, whatever last trailer on a commercial while I'm watching a basketball game was just like a full wall of like superlatives thrown in from. Who knows however many fucking magazines. The, yeah. the biggest one was like Masterpiece. You yeah, know, which you, so you know, like, it's like white reviewers, they feel a little guilty. They'd be like, okay, we have to say uh, something nice. That's fine, though. Yeah. Like, So all I'm saying, like, even if it's bad, all you got to do is just pull up a review and just be like, yo, that shit was a masterpiece because of this and this and this. And then you got to go. Yeah, I feel great about it, man. When was the last time you went to the movies? This was the last movie you saw in the theaters. Um, Man, last movie I saw in the theater. Shit. It may have been... I don't remember, man. I want to say it was John Wick 2. Okay. But I'm not sure. Which that was pretty jamming. I think uh, I, I got all the Oscar screeners. So I saw uh, the last uh, Dane Day Lewis movie that just came out. No shit. Yeah. Oh, well, you know what? I got somebody at my door. So I think we should just shut this down and get something to eat. So yeah, right. this is the Lonely Drunk right. Podcast. See y'all niggas later or as in next week. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. And this is Infidel Castro X, baby. Yo, Black Panther nigger because I'm black. Boom. Oh.